Listen up, real estate investors, entrepreneurs, and agents. You're in the right place. Unlocking the secrets to real estate investing and entrepreneurship. Welcome to the Titanium Vault, hosted by RJ Bates III. Here's RJ. couple of years have gone from wanting to wanting to be a real estate investor to launching out into lots of markets and how many rehabs you got going on right now? Got 50 plus. 50 rehabs going on right now in markets including Alaska and Hawaii. This guy's like, they're all over the place. So he said his name tag says nationwide, but he said, <laughs> say, next year he's going to say worldwide. But Domination. He has a lot of great information to share with you on how to truly scale your business. And uh, so please help me welcome RJ Bates. Alright guys, thank you for having me. Um, we gotta get my slide up. It all goes together, I think so. Oh, there you go. That's better. Can you all hear me? Alright guys, so this is gonna go a, a little bit differently than I think Mike and Stinson originally had planned. Um, just based off a couple things that have happened to me the past couple weeks. So, first thing I want to do is, is I want to ask you guys, do you all have the mindset to be blessed? Yes. Well, man, that was much better than I anticipated. <laughs> so, when uh, this past week I spent in Hawaii at our, our branch on Oahu with my childhood best friend, Elijah, who's also my partner at Titanium Investments of Hawaii. And uh, we sat down to make um, my speech. And uh, he started writing out the table of contents, and I said, dude, nobody makes a table of contents for a speech. What are you doing? And he was like, no, 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 just listen to me. We're, we're going to put down all of our thoughts, and, uh, and then we're going to create this. And when we got done, I had these seven things that really are what I attribute to enabling us to grow and create titanium investments and expand to other different markets. And so these are the seven things that I'm gonna to try to open you guys up to and, and teach y'all exactly how these seven things have made a difference for us in our lives, okay? So the first one is fixing your mindset, okay? So what does that mean and, and why is that important? Uh, for me, this is probably gonna be the, the number that we spend the most time on. Because when I found out about real estate investing, the thing that stood out to me the most, aside from running numbers and marketing and how it could change my life and Cassie's life, was a gentleman was standing up on stage just like this and he was teaching us about ARVs and all this, but then he got to mindset. And he started talking about the difference between being broke and being poor and what that meant. And at the time, guys, I mean, I was poor, okay? I had no money and I had a terrible mindset. And I did not understand that I was the person holding me back at that time. And he talked about being wealthy and what that meant. And, you know, I just want to ask you guys, if right now, who do y'all think is the wealthiest person in this room? There you go. You're right. Well, no, not Mike that person. <laughs> you are. I am. 
to me, I'm the wealthiest person in every room that I walk in. Okay. And that's what I felt like when I walked out of that room. That gentleman looked at me that day and he taught me some things about wholesaling and rehabbing properties. But the thing that changed my life was when he told me, no matter what room you walk into, you're going to be the wealthiest person. And what that meant was finding freedom for myself, creating, controlling my future and controlling my mindset to think about that. And ever since that day, guys, I, I really can't explain it to you, but things just come our way. And it has changed our lives based around having that mindset of being wealthy. Okay, so go into the, today's speech and, and kind of change your mindset and think that you are the wealthiest person sitting in this room. Okay, Tracy Bennett. Tracy, are you here? Okay, Tracy posted something yesterday. And I want to commend, is Ashley Black sitting next to you? Ashley? Ashley. Ashley's got a wealthy mindset right there, okay? Tracy posted yesterday a picture of Ashley, and she said Ashley is already talking about how she's going to move up from the Investor Fuel Gold to Investor Fuel Platinum, okay? That right there is a mindset thing. You're, you're not worried about deals. You're not worried about private money, wholesales. You're going to find a way to increase your network and move up to the next level. So, Ashley, I want to commend you for that. And I've never met Ashley before. I don't know who she is. We're friends on Facebook, but that was that was awesome. I saw that yesterday on Facebook, okay? So the Bible talks about spiritual warfare. Today we're going to talk about mental warfare as real estate investors, okay? When I was in Hawaii, we were staying in our local office sleeping on air mattresses. We wanted zero distractions. We had a plan on what we were going to do for five days. We wanted zero distractions. So we get back to the office. Elijah jumps in the shower and he turns on music, blaring loud. It's like nine o'clock at night. He turns on this song called Rejoice by um, Steve Angelo. And it's featuring T.D. Jakes. And the song opens with this line that says, you have to fix the mind before you can bestow the blessing. Because until you get your mind right, everything you invest into it will leak out of the crevices of a mind that refuses to change. Just want y'all to think about that for a second, because I'm gonna tell you right now, I thought I had a pretty good mindset. I'm in Hawaii, away from my family, knowing that I've got to give this speech today and spend the rest of the week here at Investor Fuel. I've got all these things going on across the country, but I know that I'm in Hawaii because it's the best thing for our, our business and for the systems that we need to work on, okay? So I'm already thinking I've got a pretty good mindset, and this song comes on, and that line comes out, and I'm telling you what, it hit me like a 10-ton brick. And I realized that sometimes I still refuse to change my mindset on things, okay? And I want you guys to understand that how important your mindset is on being successful in this industry, okay? So I know I'm going to hit y'all over the head about mindset about for the next 88 minutes, okay? But this is how important it is to me and what we do at Titanium Investments. Okay, so now I've, I've got a following on Facebook. I've got my own podcast. I get up and I get to do speeches like this, not very often. This is probably going to be the longest one I've ever done. But I get people all the time that send me Facebook Messenger um, messages, text messages, phone calls. Uh, 
And the number one question I get is, how do you do what you're doing? And then they sit there and they tell me how they understand everything that I understand, but what's holding them back is analysis paralysis. Literally, guys, I'm talking about multiple messages a day. And the other, about two months ago, I got to do uh, the Carrot Cast with Trevor Mock, okay? And we had a great interview. This is a little bit over an hour long. I love Trevor. He's one of the most positive people in the world. And I have a uh, kind of a little quirk that I always do because the first podcast interview I ever did was with Joe Fairless. And he asked me what's the best way people can contact you and I gave my cell phone number. And, which is definitely not something I recommend you do on a podcast and give your cell phone number. But I did, and I got multiple phone calls, and I bought two properties from that podcast. So ever since then, I'm like, you know what, that's going to be kind of like one of my weird quirks. I'm going to give my cell phone number out when I do podcast interviews. So I gave my cell phone number out on the Carrot Cast, and uh, a gentleman called me one morning about two weeks after the interview went live, and it was eight o'clock in the morning and it was a 972 number and I'm like I don't know who this is but I don't have any reason not to answer so I answered it and it was a gentleman that said is this the RJ Bates and I said yes and he goes man I just listened to your interview on the carrot cast can I ask you some questions I said I laughed I said that's right I gave out my cell phone number and I said, uh, sure, man, what do you got? And he goes, I've got my website ready. I've got boots on the ground. I've got lists. I've got marketing ready to go out. I just need to know, RJ, how can I do what you do? And I said, uh, well, why don't you send that marketing out? And when the leads come in, let your boots on the ground handle it and start making offers. And literally, the conversation was this simple, guys. And afterwards, we talked a little bit longer. He goes, you just changed my life, bro. <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't tell you anything. I just told you to just do what you've already learned. Like, you're listening to the Carrot Cash. You listen to me for well over an hour explaining everything that I do. And what's holding me back? And he literally said, he goes, I can't believe it could be this easy. It can't possibly be as easy as you're making it out to be. He said, so I'm just gonna send this marketing out and people are gonna call me and tell me they need to sell their house and I'm gonna run numbers and then I'm gonna make an offer and I'm gonna make money. Yes, sir, that's how easy it is. So later on, he went and uh, left a, a message on uh, Investor Carrots little Facebook page. Shout out to Trevor Mock and me. And uh, it was just so amazing to me and I wanted to share that because if you're struggling with analysis paralysis, my partner, I love her to death, but she struggles with it. This is something I've never struggled with. So you have to get that out of your mind and take action, okay? Fail forward. All right, so inevitably when I'm asked how I, how I do what I do, I always answer with a simple question of are you willing to do what it takes to get what you want? So this is where I'm gonna kinda take some time to uh, explain who I am who we are at Titanium Investments and kind of how we got here today. Um, when I was 18 years old, I um, finished up my senior year of football and uh, the next morning, Saturday morning, my mom comes in, she wakes me up and she says, 
football season's over, you got to go get a job. Don't come home, or no, you can't come home until you have a job. So I wake up, I'm sore, I can barely move, shower. Never had a job before in my life. And I drove around all the neighborhoods applying for every job and everybody's like, fill out an application, come back. And I'm like, no, y'all don't understand. My mom's crazy. Like, she's not gonna let me come home unless I have a job. So shoot, I need to like have an interview right now. And that didn't work until finally I got the Pizza Hut and uh, I met Clyde Wallace and I said, no, Clyde, I'm really not gonna be able to go home. I need to I need to have an interview right now and so he asked me a couple questions and he said okay you can be a delivery driver <laughs> so that's why I'm 18 years old and I didn't leave Pizza Hut for eight years um, stayed there until I was 26 worked myself all the way up to general manager and uh, gave my blood sweat and tears to that company I, I didn't know any better I went to North Texas but I stayed at, at Pizza Hut and it, for whatever reason, I just didn't know what I wanted to do in my life. And I, I just worked all the way up to general manager. There was one point in time, I worked 48 straight days at Pizza Hut as an assistant manager at multiple locations. Um, I had the honor of being an assistant manager for two different managers that won uh, restaurant general manager of the year for Pizza Hut and got to attend the Kentucky Derby. I did not get to attend the Kentucky Derby. I got to work double shifts while they went. Um, but I took a lot of pride in my, my time at Pizza Hut and it taught me different things on how to read P&Ls and structure of business and I learned how a major corporation had their business structured. And uh, one day I'm running the Pizza Hut uh, right over here by TCU and a gentleman from Jacksonville, Florida comes in from uh, corporate and he walks my restaurant, never met him before in my life. and. Uh, Walked it for about five minutes and said, uh, can you come with me? We walked out in the lobby. He sent me right down to some of my regular customers. And uh, he said, we should have never promoted you. You're nothing more than a glorified shift manager. Uh, I'm disappointed in us for promoting you. And left. And I went home that night and I couldn't believe that after eight years of everything that I had given that company, that that was someone from high up in corporate. That's how they felt about me. And so, without second thoughts, I quit that job, and uh, I went back to, uh, well, not go back, I, I guess I took a step back career-wise. Um, I willingly chose to go work a minimum wage job at Tour 18 Golf Course in Flower Mound. Um, at age of 26, I decided to be a cart boy, so when you come off the cart, <laughs> I was the guy spraying the wheels and cleaning the cart, throwing away the beer cans. And I worked with a bunch of 16, 17 year old kids. And uh, they were like, what are you doing here, man? You used to run restaurants and you're telling us all these crazy stories about all these millions of dollars that you used to be in charge of. I said, I just need to clear my head. I need to fix, and I didn't know what I was saying at the time. I was like, I just need to fix my head. I don't know what I want to do with my life. And so no offense to you guys, but I'm just doing this because it takes no brain power. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and at that time, uh, Elijah Del Garza, who is our partner in Hawaii, my best friend. We had not talked for several years. He calls me and, and at the time Cassie and I, Cassie and I have been best friends or friends for 13 plus years at this point. So Cassie and I are friends. She's working a, a deadbeat job. And um, Elijah calls me and he says, hey man, I've got this great idea. 
this company called Exact Claims. And we're already, we got multiple clients, but we need someone who knows how to run a business and I want you to work it. And I said, okay, um, how much does the job pay? $500 a week plus an opportunity at commission. I will tell you not guys, me and Cassie literally were in tears. $500 a week and plus commission, we were crying. We were like, this just changed our lives right here. So I didn't even know what I was doing. I didn't know anything about the business, but essentially the business was, we were a consulting firm for general contractors. We took that opportunity and we ran with it. We created an actual business that marched its way up to doing seven figures in revenue. And Elijah had the opportunity to sell that company to investors. And at the time, I was I had a lot of anger in my heart because he did it. And he sold the company and I then at that point in time became an expendable employee. Cassie became an expendable employee because I hired Cassie to work with us. I mean, I wasn't gonna do it without her. And um, we left. We left exact claims. I left my, my childhood best friend, the, the guy that I've always wanted to be in business with together. We left it and Cassie and I went and started our own business, Fairway Solutions, doing the exact same thing. So we basically became Elijah's competition. And I said, I'm not doing this to be your competition, but I'm doing this because I know I cannot go back to being an employee, dedicating my life to working for someone that I know doesn't care about me. So when I talk about, are you willing to do what it takes to get what you want? Now I'm gonna explain to you what I really mean by that because Cassie and I literally have done whatever it takes to get what we want. We had no money to start a business. She used every credit card that she had to pay for the LLC, a website, employees, computers. We had no computers like that could actually legitimately run. I mean, we, we had to use every resource that we possibly had to create our business. So much so that we realized we weren't gonna make enough money with Fairway Solutions to immediately begin. So we decided we need to go sell some roofs because that's who we were helping was roofers. So we knew how to supplement the claim. So she drove a Kia Soul. We went and door knocked over by SMU in Dallas, which is some of the nicest neighborhoods in DFW. In a Kia Soul, I forced her out, dragged her, told her to go knock on a door. She knocked on the door. Gentleman said, sure, you can inspect my roof. She comes back and she's like, all right, boss. Now he said we can inspect the roof, but we have no ladder. Tell him we'll be back in 25 minutes. So we go to Home Depot, we buy the trifold ladder that can fit in a Kia Soul. We got a ladder flapping around by her face. She climbs up on the roof. We can't, we don't even know how to climb this steep of a roof. She can barely get on it, but she gets up there and she's like, it's got hell damage. So we tell him to file a claim. He files a claim. We get the contract and we made more money than we had ever made in our lives just on that one job. These are the things that we had to do repeatedly as we were creating Fairway Solutions. The thing about it is, is Fairway Solutions is not what we were put on this earth to do or where our parts were, that's not what we wanted to do, but we taught ourselves how to do whatever it takes to be an entrepreneur, okay? So at that point in time, we realized we could make more money as a contractor than we could doing Fairway Solutions. So we started record contracting. And when we started record contracting, that's when everything changed because we started getting hired by investors. So the gentleman that she sold the roof to and by SMU, 
when I collected the last check, I'll never forget it. He goes, do you do remodels? I said, yes, sir. I didn't know I'd do a remodel. And he goes, cool, I'm flipping a house right over here. The keys are in the mailbox. The job's yours. Just write up a bid and tell me how much it's going to cost. So Cassie and I go over. We walk in the door, and still to this day, it's one of the worst houses I've ever seen in my life. That's I mean, so bad, y'all. plumbing was not functional anymore, but yet people that were living there had still been using it. There was sewage under the floorboards. This gentleman wanted to add it. This guy thought he was full on HGTV, okay? I mean, he wanted to add a bathroom. He wanted to knock down three load-bearing walls. And at the time, I'd never been a contractor doing this stuff, and I'd never flipped a house. So I'm like, absolutely, that's a great idea. Yeah, we can do that. And I'm going, and I'm going into Xactimate, which is a software estimating service for contractors. And I'm like, why is there not a line item for not down load bearing wall? <laughs> There's a good reason. Uh, so we eventually, we quoted the job. We made money. He sold the house. He made money. And uh, still to this day, I'm amazed because those are two people in two roles that should not have been doing that. But uh, after that, we got hired by other investors and I started asking questions. How'd you find this house? Uh, bought it from a wholesaler. Go home that night. What's a wholesaler? And then eventually I started realizing as a general contractor, you have to find your client and then you have to find the subcontractors and you're the middleman. Well, as a wholesaler, you have to find the house to buy and then you have to find the guy that's going to buy the house from you and you're the middleman. And I'm like, but there's no go to Home Depot and buy 20 sheets of sheetrock. And then when you get there, they realize they needed 22 sheets of sheetrock. There's no going, you know, under on a job. This is a way better middleman. And so that's when we started going to different education, the weekend seminars and learning about wholesaling and rehabbing properties and all of these different things. And that's when I realized everything that was said to me, immediately when somebody started talking about wholesaling, they were halfway through their pitch and I understood the back half and I'm like, this is what I'm supposed to do in my life. That's when I told Cassie, it was January 1 of 2015. Um, actually, no, I don't want to go that far. Getting back to how do you get what, do whatever it takes to get what you want. We got a property under contract. This is probably the second or third property we ever wholesaled. This is late 2014. We get a property under contract and $1,000 earnest money, $100 option fee. So here in the state of Texas, we have options. That's like everybody else's inspection period. Most of the time y'all get those for free. We have to pay for them here. Um, so $1,100 we had to deposit. And I remember when we got under contract, I tell Cassie, we got a property under contract. She's like, that's amazing. And I'm like, the bad news is, is when we deposit earnest money and option money, that leaves us with $11 in all of our bank accounts. And, uh, she, and she's I, like, I'm like, you're a madman. And she's like, well, how far away is closing? I think it was either 14 or 21 days. And by the way, we didn't have a buyer. So it was like, so I just need you to trust me. We're going to deposit this $1,100. I will find someone to buy this house. And I think I can sell it for $11,000 profit. So we'll go from $11 to $11,000. <laughs> this is a big jump. We need to do this. And so we did it. And we, I, for the life of me, I still don't know how we actually survived. Because um, it was me, my family, 
her. We all lived off of those $11. And we had no credit because we had maxed out all the credit cards. That's how we got started. We weren't paying them down because we weren't making any money. So we literally went all in on that moment and we made $11,000. January 1 of 2015 is when I told her, we're cutting off record contracting, we're not doing it anymore. We're going all in on real estate investing. And that's when it all took off. That year, we did $750,000 in wholesale fees. And um, every year we've had year over year growth. At this point in time, we own a little bit over 100 rental properties across the country. Um, we'll probably do, I keep saying we're probably gonna do over 2 million this year, but based off of our new system, if we do everything right, we'll eclipse 3.5 million this year yeah. in revenue. And so that's what I'm talking about. Are you willing to do what it takes to get what you want, guys? And I, I don't wanna beat it in a dead horse. I know I'm up here to talk about systems and processes, but I'm gonna tell you right now, the one thing that I can attribute everything that we've been able to do at, at Titanium Investments has been directly around my mindset and Cassie's mindset on doing whatever it takes to get what you want, okay? So moving forward, the next thing I wanna talk about is logic over emotion. How am I doing on time? You're only 27 minutes. 27 minutes. You got an hour, brother. You got an hour. Hey, don't worry, there'll be plenty of questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, all right, logic over emotion. Emotional decisions in business equal losses without learning. Okay, so what I wanna explain here is, is my biggest failure, okay? So we had this, what I thought was a great em employee that was working for us, her name was Faith Goodall, and she was a, Faith, Faith Goodall, that's her name, okay? In case you think you have a great employee named Faith Goodall, no, I'm just playing. You don't. Um, so, she, her job was property analyst. She was finding properties for us. She found us a property in San Antonio and we were gonna wholesale it. And I couldn't wholesale it, I couldn't find a buyer because apparently I didn't know the right people in San Antonio at the time. We'll get to that later. But, we're both sides. Sorry guys, apparently I don't like y'all over here. Uh, but. Totally Who, who's the boss? Yeah. <laughs> Who is the boss around here? <laughs> so, uh, Faith Goodall finds this property. We can't find a buyer for it. And I come up with an emotional decision, which is we're just going to take this property down ourselves and rehab it. Now, mind you, we had only flipped one house ever in our entire career. And we're going to now flip a house in San Antonio, Texas without any contact. So few contacts. We can't even wholesale property down there. We're gonna take it down and we're gonna virtually rehab this property. The reason why I wanna do this is, is because I wanted to make sure that Faith got her commission and we kept the very good employee that I thought we had happy. This was not a very logical decision. This is a very emotional decision. We lost over six figures on this deal and it took us, well, up until about a month ago to sell it. Uh, we did turn it into an Airbnb for a while to kind of soften the blow a little bit. But the reason why I bring up this story is, is because I directly correlate our ability to expand to places like Hawaii and Alaska and all the other different states to this experience. I made an emotional decision and that's why we lost because there was no logic behind it. But over the course of time, 
I took that loss and I learned from it and I figured out this is the mistake that we made. When we took down this property, we didn't have these systems lined up. We didn't have the proper, and for every business, it's gonna be different. For us, it was, we didn't have the trusted boots on the ground. We didn't have the right systems in place to hold contractors accountable. And this, these are the things, these are the reasons why we lost on that deal, because I made a very emotional decision. But in the end, I look back and I give that property, 221 Carolina Street, I'll never forget that stupid address. <laughs> but I give that all of the credit for our ability to now do things in some of the most remote locations on the planet. So while I was in Hawaii last week, I got to meet a gentleman by the name of Jeffrey Joseph. And uh, Jeffrey is Elijah's partner in his roofing company. And uh, Jeffrey is like the OG gangster of Hawaii, okay? I mean, he, I mean, he's straight up gangster. And he comes up to me and he says, come here, come here, son, I want to talk to you. He pulls me out and we're standing on the balcony. And he, he talked for a long time. And a lot of it was very impactful. But one thing he said is, is you have to lose before you learn to win. If you're afraid to lose, you will never win. And I started thinking about, you know, I have my podcast and I interview, I mean, I've interviewed several people in this room and a lot of people that are extremely successful, they always start their story with, this is where I lost everything. And that's where I learned so much. And that's where my life really changed. And I mean, if you listen to what I'm talking about today, I mean, our story, I mean, we were down to $11. There's things that I didn't go into, but at in the end of 2012, I lost my dad a month after I started my company and a month before my son was born. I had a niece that was diagnosed with leukemia. These are the, the moments, going down to $11 in your bank account, all of these moments were what most people would consider a, a traumatic loss in their life. But I look at those that they emotionally changed me and changed my mindset on what's important in my life and that's what enabled us to now to achieve some of the victories that we have, okay? Um, we're going to skip past that. I have one more thing for you, but we're going to skip that because I want to go and let go of the past. So the first is that experience that I had at Pizza Hut and the failed experiences that I had at Exact Claims and Fairway Solutions. So. These are the companies, these are all the companies that I work for. Even Fairway Solutions, I look at as, even though we learned a lot, this was also a failure for me and Cassie. And it really, it, it was hard for us for a while to let go of because we were not people that lose very easily. Like it doesn't come naturally to us. We give so much, we work so hard and some of these comments that we used to say to each other, I remember there would be times where things weren't going right in the business and I would look at Cassie and I would say, well, it's because you didn't do this or you didn't do that. And she was like, her answer would always be, but I'm doing everything that I possibly can. I'm working so hard. And maybe some of y'all are in this room kind of feeling that where it's like, I'm, I'm doing everything I possibly can. What you have to understand is, is you have to kind of forgive yourself learn from those mistakes and don't harbor the hard feelings that you either have for yourself or for your partner. How many people in here have partners? So majority of the room, right? How often when things aren't going right, do you take things out on your partner? 
Come on, man. Y'all need to be like, one honest person in the room. <laughs> Even if you don't mean to. You know, sometimes it just kind of slips out of you. You know? It's an emotional thing, right? But if you logically look back at it, like, what was the last thing we just talked about? Logic over emotion. Like, when I look at it logically, I'm like, there's no way in the world I should ever blame Cassie for anything. Like, she literally will do whatever it takes for us to succeed. I mean, we just recently had a property that she worked 48 hours straight on to get it ready for an open house. That's no joke, guys. 48 straight hours. That's not a good example of things you should be doing. <laughs> but it's doing whatever it takes, right? And so for me to emotionally, like, blast her for something because we're not being successful, we have to let go of the past and make logical decisions over emotional decisions, okay? Creating company culture. Who here feels like they have a unique company culture? Like something that you can say, all right, what's unique about your company culture? I feel like we're easy going, but we're tough on the people that need to, need to, to have the, the ship be having sometimes. Okay. What about you? I just, I just say we're, you know, we're small. It's me and my daughter, but it's a very family uh, 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 culture, and you know, we're able to relate to people really well and personally. So let me ask you this. Would... If we brought employees in here from your company, would they feel the same way about your company culture as you do? I believe so. I think so, yeah. Cool. That's very important, guys. Um, this is this is our company culture. And when we first came up with it, it was, I guess the best way to put it is, I was almost embarrassed about it. Like, I was like, so man, we're so cheesy. Like, we're warriors. <laughs> I was like, I think some of our employees are going to look at us like we're crazy, you know? Like, really, boss? You want me to be a warrior? And but these are the hashtags that we use, rehab warriors. And I didn't realize how impactful this was going to be. But we literally have employees. The other day, CT is one of our acquisitions guys. He also goes out and raises private money for us. He walked in the door, walked in, and he goes... Boss man, I was a warrior for you today. I was like, all right, what'd you do? And he goes, don't worry about it, boss. You'll see it. But I was a warrior for you because you were a warrior for me. I mean, dude, I'm telling you right now, it gave me chills. I was like, man, I need that guy to come give me a motivational speech every morning. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason why we use that warrior hashtag and we kind of build that company culture is because warriors act not for profit but for the spirit we work for each other as a team we don't care about how much money we're making i think one of the things we learned very early on with real estate investing was is we can make money right we can create freedom for ourselves but we at titanium we have a bigger picture we want to change the direction of all of our generational trees essentially we feel like we have the opportunity in front of us to do that we feel like we have the opportunity to create generational wealth not only for ourselves but also for everybody that works for us and we open up those opportunities and we teach them literally that there's layers to becoming a warrior you don't just come in and you're a warrior okay warriors like the top dog and there's things that you have to do. You have to show us that you're honest. You have to build trust. 
You have to do things for the integrity of the team, not for yourself. And over time, that's when we eventually made them warriors. So that's like our company culture. It might not resonate with you. I'm not saying it is. It's not for everybody. It's definitely unique. Some people think it's a little bit too intense, but if you've ever met me or Cassie or Elijah or any of our other partners, we're pretty intense people. Um, so that's why it resonated with us. The culture of a company is a direct reflection of its leadership. That's what I'm talking about. That's who we are. So you need to find who you are. Everybody in this room, you're the leaders for your company, right? You need to correlate that company culture, the leadership that you're going to pass down to the people that work for you. And even if it's only you and your daughter, you need to have a, a company culture. Cassie and I had a company culture when it was just the two of us. We didn't start off. I mean, we have a team of 70 plus people now. We didn't start off that way, though. We started off with just the two of us. For the longest of time, we literally worked out of what was called the sugar shack. <laughs> the sugar shack was literally a apartment next to her grandfather's. What's the best? It was in a metal building, and it was an efficiency apartment next to where her grandfather was living in the backyard of her aunt and uncle's house. Barely had Wi-Fi. I mean, so five acres. It's not like it's like a big shop. Whatever. The sugar shack. Don't bring the good stuff. Only the bad stuff. Yeah, it was ugly. It was terrible. Anyways, but leaders know the way. Leaders go the way, and leaders show the way. That's a John Maxwell quote. Elijah always tells it to me. He always tells it to me when I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> I'm a leader in the company. Cassie's a leader in the company. We have multiple leaders in our company. And Elijah always kindly reminds me of that when things start going sideways. Sometimes us as the leaders have to show the way and go the way, right? So a good company culture focuses on more than money. Spend time investing in people spiritually, emotionally, physically, and financially. So I directly correlate what happened with CT the other day to the fact that we have, we've invested time in him more than just training him to be an employee of ours and teaching him what to do in our company. We have spent time working with him emotionally and how to grow as a man, how to be a better husband to his wife, I'd be a better father. We're not saying we're perfect. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely not the most perfect dad in the world or the most perfect business person. But sometimes just having conversations with one of your employees about these things, that's a part of building a company culture. And to see, we have multiple. I mean, I had, I had Bill do it to me the other day, another acquisitions guy. I mean, he came up to me and he was so excited for what he had done that day for the company. Yes, he's going to make money off of it, but you really see the difference. And someone that really, truly is going out there and bleeding for your company because they know it's more than just about making money. Okay? Build a brand. So this is probably going to be the one that I spend the, the most time on. Um, we're going to do some fun things. <clears throat> Elijah told me I had to keep this in there. I'm pretty sure this is a quote he came up with himself, but I'm not even sure I even want to read it off. So I'll just let you guys read it. I don't even know if it makes sense It or was not. late. Yeah, this is when we were hitting the 2 a.m. mark right here. 
Anyways, I'll let all y'all know he got a very half-hearted laugh. So, all right, know the brand. What is your story? Identify your story and what makes your company special in combination with your company culture. You will brand yourself with abundance. All right, how do I know Ashley Black? How do I know you? You, Ashley. Through Tracy, right? So what was Tracy doing yesterday that introduced me to Ashley? She posted on Facebook about being where? At Investor Fuel. What is that doing for Tracy? That's branding herself. That's networking. She connected to you by tagging you. She connected herself with Stinson and Hannah and Mike and Investor Fuel. Everybody knew what Tracy was doing yesterday, okay? Building a brand is so important, guys, and it's so it's literally free to do nowadays. I didn't realize this for the longest time. Back in the day, y'all, if, if any of y'all follow me on Facebook, y'all are going to laugh about this, but there was a point in time where I told Cassie, Facebook's stupid. Why do you waste your time on that? fun of me. That is so dumb. I cannot believe you're wasting your time with that. Now, 5,000 Facebook friends. How many people in here have 5,000 Facebook friends? We're tight. Big so, <laughs> we're tight. What, like three people? Guys, it's free to have 5,000 Facebook friends. Absolutely free. Doesn't even take that long. So, the reason why it's important to get to that number is, is because you're expanding your, your network of people, your reach to people. Why is that important? Well, I beg to say we have the smallest marketing budget in this entire room out of everybody. But I'm probably doing more deals than 95% of you. And I could directly correlate that to our reach on Facebook. Okay? So let that sink in. I do a podcast for free. I have Facebook friends. I get deals brought to me daily through Facebook Messenger, Facebook comments, text messages. I do crazy things like put my cell phone number on podcasts. <laughs> people call me. That's insane. Last month, are y'all ready? We how many deals did we close on? Forty-eight. Yes. Forty-eight yes. deals. And we spent zero dollars on marketing. Sorry, Todd. The previous month I spent some money, and I'm not saying you don't need to do it. Do directly do not follow that path because it's taking us some time to get there. And I use Todd, and I do Facebook ads, and we do pay per click, and we do cold calling. But last month we didn't need to. I, literally, I don't think we could have handled anymore. So that goes back to utilizing the free resources that are out there for you, okay? So my challenge to you is everybody in this room, you need to get 5,000 Facebook friends, okay? Can we do that? Okay, so the next thing that we're gonna do is, is we're gonna make hashtag investor fuel go viral here, if we can do it with this amount of people, okay? How many people have posted on Facebook today that they're at investor fuel and use the hashtag investor fuel? One, two, three, four. Okay, you're all gonna do it right now. I got time. <laughs> take a picture. Take a picture. Of somebody post it right now. Hashtag investor fuel. 
Sure, you can do whatever you want. How much time we got? You got 45 minutes, brother. We got plenty of time. <laughs> Make it go viral. Line up and get a selfie. <laughs> I want a selfie. And I'm not even a selfie person. There you go. Me either. Get in front of the sign. Wait, oh, yeah. actually, somebody else take it. I don't even like it. So, you might be like, what is this guy doing? Why is this important? Because you need to tag. Thank you. Because, all right, guys, here's what you're going to do. Mike has 5,000 friends, right? So you're going to say thank you, and then you're going to tag Mike Hambright. Thank you, Mike Hambright, for putting on a great hashtag investor fuel mastermind. So now when Mike accepts that tag, now your post is going to show up to all of Mike's friends. You've now just broadened yourself to Mike's network. network. Okay? You'll get at least one like because my mom likes everything. everything. <laughs> Sandy! Yeah. But here's what's going to happen. She doesn't even know what she's liking, but she'll like it. Is that her business or personal? Personal. Do it on personal. Yes, absolutely. You can do your business as well, but this needs to be personal. This is coming from you. You're with Mike Hambry. You're with Stinson. You're with Adrian. Tap into other people's networks. And what ends up? Yes, Gary. Tag Gary too. I don't see Gary. That's why I'm not talking Gary's about. Gary's here. I think he's working. Already talked to me. I think he's working. Somewhere. Gary didn't want to intimidate me. Remind me that he's fall. I'm his opening act. So. Hey, talk about how quick it starts to catch on. Yeah. Start adding those friends. Like, what happens is, is guys. Crazy. What you'll yeah. notice is, is today you're probably going to get just an absolute shit ton of friend requests, and you need to accept those because what's going to happen is, is someone is going to see on Mike's friend that hey. Tracy Bennett was with Mike Hambright there. I don't know who Tracy Bennett is, but she's with Mike. Why am I not with Mike? That's friend a perfect request. example because I friended those two people today because he said, boom, boom, and I'm like, I'm not friends with them. Boom, boom. Okay, so okay. if this doesn't motivate you enough, before this, I just closed on a $700,000 house in Hawaii that I funded with a private money lender that I met on Facebook. Yes. Okay. So what's, that gonna is, be, what's that going to be, be worth? Uh, this one's going to be worth 1.3. Yeah. So 700000 is going to be worth 1.3. We're going to put about 120 into it. Okay. So don't think that this is just a, a gimmick to do the hashtags and all that. This is real life stuff that can change your business. Okay. Take it very seriously. I, I get it all the time. There was a point in time where I was actually embarrassed to be on Facebook while I was working. Cassie would walk around the corner, I'd be on Facebook, and I'd be like, oh, I'm busted. Oh, I'm, I'm sending an email, you know. <laughs> and now there's times where she comes around, and I'm like, yeah, I'm working. By liking Jason McDougall's uh, live video of him talking about his employee sniffing <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever. I don't even know how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> you should have brought that part up when you're talking about being grateful. <laughs> this so, is what I do for work. <laughs> so, 5,000 Facebook friends. Make sure your hashtag Investor Fuel. The other thing, guys, create hashtags for your own business. Okay? So, for us, we have Rehab Warriors. We have hashtag Titanium Investments. We have depending on what market it's in, hashtag T-I-O-H for Hawaii, T-I-O-A for Arizona, flipping Alaska for Alaska. Make sure you're creating those hashtags. The reason why is they're searchable. 
So if you ever need to go back, you can search those comments or search those posts through the hashtag. The other thing is, is when people comment on your post, comment back. It's an algorithm, guys. That's all it is. You're playing the game, okay? So when Greg says, great post, RJ, I'm like, thanks, Greg, and I tag him because I'm playing the algorithm game. Sorry, Greg. He knows All right, great value for others. I'm not allowed to say that quote because Stinson will get mad at me. You already said that word. <laughs> but I did. <laughs> but create value for others. Okay, so what do we mean by this? Don't become sales pitchy on your post. I have things that I sell, but very rarely do I ever talk about them in a post. Okay, I try to create value for other people and let them come to me and ask me for things in return. So what do I mean by this? Who here has made profit on a deal in the last 90 days? Okay, almost everybody in the room, right? Who here posted about that deal in the past 90 days? Okay, good. You need to be doing that constantly. One of the best people that I see do this, well actually I'll talk about two gentlemen that I've seen literally go from Barely having a following to now they are, I mean, massive amounts of following. Jason's one of them, but the two I'm specifically talking about are Austin Good and Tim Brotts. Most of y'all might have not have heard them, but I've seen both of them. Tim Brotts yesterday was talking about an apartment complex that he bought in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. This thing had like 2,000 views within like 20 minutes. People liking it, commenting. All he was talking about was is I built, I bought this apartment and I put a roof on it. I literally watched the video and I'm like, <laughs> people are talking about this is gold. I'm like, he said he bought an apartment put a roof on. Like, yeah, I mean, it's cool. He's going to make a ton of money, but it's not really like gold, you know? But people find that and it creates a following and it generates more excitement for your business. People will come to you. People will bring you deals. How many, how many times do people bring you deals based off of Facebook? post that you've done have you ever gotten that all the time, all the time. Yeah. i see like you two y'all went and looked at a property yesterday that was that's a, that's a, yeah we're doing that deal yeah yeah and i'm sitting there and i'm looking at it, i'm like that's genius they're doing exactly what i'm talking about that's why y'all left jason went yeah. facebook live tags greg in the post he's got hashtag next era and hashtag velocity house buyers house yeah. buyers it's exactly what i'm talking about boom lay down everybody looks at that I look at it and I'm like, what is happening here? I met Greg at the same mastermind Jason met him. Why is he doing deals with Jason? I was mad. I'm, I'm <laughs> mad. Yeah. We were all together. But that's what I'm talking about right there. It creates value for other people. Other people that aren't in real estate investing sometimes will look at this and they're so inspired they want to learn about it. I get it all the time. I have a childhood. She wasn't even a friend. We just happened to go to the same school. You couldn't remember what she looked like. She called She called me the other day. I don't even know how she got my phone number. Maybe she listened to the Caracast. All right? <laughs> she called me and she said, Hey, RJ, I've got $100,000 to invest with you. Hi, Becca. <laughs> I remember you. Yeah. Man, this is awesome. That was all because of Facebook. Okay? Ask for business. So remember what I was telling y'all back at the beginning when I went to 
that seminar and he talked about the difference between being poor, broke, and wealthy. The other thing he said was always ask. If you don't, the answer is always no. And I was like, oh, yes, my life has changed. Because there's so many times that I'm actually embarrassed to ask, if that makes sense. And so what I want to explain to you guys is, is I definitely do not want you to go to someone if you want them to be a private money lender and say, hey, will you give me $200,000? That's probably not going to work. That's a little bit abrasive and it's going to scare people. But you can subliminally, especially using social media, put it out there. Hey, guys, check out this house that I just took down. And I bought it for $100,000. I put $50,000 into it and I sold it for $300,000. I did all this with none of my own money. Ask me how you can be a part of it. Boom. Something along those lines. It's not perfect. What's up? I raise private money on uh, social media, like on Instagram. Instagram stories, I always post like what I'm doing. And uh, I also do these like book reviews now. Yep. And I just, I read a ton of books, so I figured I'll put out a, like a, a 10 minute book review. It takes me 10 minutes to type it, do the video, and I got people. Dude, those book reviews are crazy, man. Like, <laughs> holy crap, I bought it. And now I'm like, you know, I'm like, holy shit, like, it's crazy. So, right. I can attest to that 100%. Yes. It's, a, it's insane. It's that, it makes that, no sense. It doesn't even, like, I can't wrap my head around That takes you 10 minutes, and it's free. 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 Because you're adding but value. But I'm planting seeds, yeah. You're, you're planting seeds. adding value. Yeah. You're planting seeds. Yeah. They, they, and you need some time filler. There was, I don't remember. Like, a couple weeks ago, there was some dude posting some BS, and you came in there, and you're like, hey, man, you're posting another BS course. Right. And you don't need to do that. And you guys kind of bickered back and forth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I followed it. And then people were buying your product. You never Straight pitched up. your product. Never and, once. And you go, hey, if you, somebody's like, if you had a product, I'd buy it. And you put a link. And he came back. It's like, boom, Absolutely. you bought it. You didn't pitch anything. This boy had a Photoshop picture of him in front of a helicopter. Yeah, man. Like this. <laughs> and he's selling a how to use Facebook ads to find motivated sellers. And Somebody so else I literally pulled up to my house. And I was like, as I, I saw it, I pulled up to my house. And I'm like. I got this house through a Facebook ad. So I like park my car, walk out front, and I take a selfie of myself, and I'm like, and I was like, here's how you could actually buy a house, or here's a house I actually bought from Facebook ads, not a picture of me in front of a Photoshop helicopter. And what ended up happening was, is yes, I kind of made fun of the guy, but I felt like it was necessary because he, he people were shit. He was pitching shit. He was gonna take advantage of people. He yeah. was gonna offer he was gonna charge yeah. them twelve hundred dollars yeah. for a program that he doesn't know what he's doing and yes, in turn I got clients for that. So it's very but you funny. didn't pitch in the, just to back you up and, and cover your face or save your face. He didn't pitch anything. He was just no. he was proving the dude was wrong and somebody said, Hey if you had a product I'd buy it. He threw a link up and a couple people bought it. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, if you're asking for it, like that's funny, man. Yeah. So why are you giving the investor fuel link? <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure to do that. Uh, another thing, another thing I want to talk about is is uh, on Facebook when you're sharing value, okay? Make sure you share your victories and your losses, okay? Nobody wants to hear about, hey, I'm taking over the world, I'm making $5 billion and all this crap, always. Sometimes you need to talk about the struggles within your business. It makes you more human, makes you more real, okay? And especially nowadays with how popular social media is, it's refreshing to see somebody talk about, hey, today at work, 
not everything went perfectly. My Today, huffing. right? <laughs> exactly. Is that not one of the most popular posts that you've ever done about your employee? Yeah. And and what's funny about it is, is like, did you ever have a second thought about sharing it? See, I would have, but now I've gotten to the point where I've started thinking about it, and I'm like, it makes you feel more real. And it makes people realize that not everything is perfect in your business, right? All right, systemization. So this is, we got two more left, all right? Systemization and, all right. So if you've ever listened to my podcast, there's times where I should say a word and I don't, and I make it very long-winded. I go what I call Cassie on it because I can't say the word. What? I can't say... Vulnerable. Yes. I cannot say a word, but I'm going to try to make myself right now. Vulnerable. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I'm not very good Just at training. Just say it. It's so funny. Var vulnerable. <laughs> Isn't that the cutest thing? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, we got that on camera, bro. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Alright, if you fail the plan, then, fail, then plan to fail. Okay, so I'm not very good at creating systems. I've now definitely realized that my role in Titanium Investments is creating chaos. Like, I go in and I'm like, hey, I just interviewed this guy and he's got this great strategy on Airbnbs in Mexico and we're going to do it. And she's like, what? No, 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 no. We have too much going on. And I'm like... No, seriously, I'm already working on it. I'm just going to rent this house in Mexico, and then we're going to rent it on Airbnb, and we're going to make eighty grand a year. And that's my role. That's what I do. She controls the chaos. I create chaos. We needed systemization in our business because y'all have heard the story. I mean, we started from nothing. We didn't have systems. We just went out, and we just started blowing and going. And next thing you know, we look back. I'll never forget the day. I was like, someone said, hey, RJ. You should go on Google Maps and drop a pin on every house that you've ever wholesaled or rented or flipped or anything. I'm like, that's a great idea. So I went and did it. And when I got done, I was like, Cassie, we've done 100 houses. It doesn't feel that way. It feels like we've done like 10. If you've never done that before and you're not too far along in your journey, you should definitely do it. It's really cool to see. So... We knew that we had to create systems in our business, right? We learned this when we made that emotional decision in San Antonio. We need to fix things. So what is a system? A set of connected things or parts forming a complex whole, in particular a set of principles or procedures according to which something's done, an organized scheme or method. So a lot of times people think about this and they're like, ah, I don't need a system, I got Podio or I use call rail or whatever the different systems are that we use. This is not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is, is from start to finish, everything in your business needs to have a way that it is done. So every good system, you need accountability, quantifi quantification, and qualification, okay? These are things that we lack for a very long time. Are there checks and balances to keep people on task and performing well? How many people here have employees that work for them? Okay. Do you have checks and balances in place for those people? Todd, did you hire a CEO? No. Oh, yes, but they quit. 
<laughs> what did you do, Todd? What did you do? <laughs> I promoted uh, a guy with it. Uh, he was one of my kind of just a really, uh, he had a lot of ambition. Um, and he was kind of my details guy. Right. And two weeks into it, everything he came back to me was, well, how do I do this? How do I do this? I said, look, at some point, you're going to have to uh, figure right. it out and we'll, we'll evaluate after you do it. You got to do that. Next two weeks, couldn't do it. Hey, buddy, I think your role was perfect where you're at. We got to put you here. Okay. We do And then the next week. Sorry, let me pick on you for a second. Because we struggle with the exact same thing, right? We have this great idea and we might have the right person. And then we plug them in, and then they're like, RJ, I don't know system. It was, I did it. I didn't need a system. I tell her all the time, I'm like, I don't need to work in the system. Uh, I got it all right here. Seriously, you can ask me about a property we bought like three years ago. It could be a wholesale property. I'd be like, we bought it for this much. The estimated rehab was this, and the ARV was this. He's a memory like nobody else. I have a real problem. It needs to eventually dump out. But we don't have, we didn't have the right systems in place to be able to scale our organization, right? We needed to create a turnkey business system because we're sitting here and you know we're, we're getting name tags that literally say nationwide on them now because people are like, you're in too many states, so you're just nationwide. We didn't have the op- we didn't have the right systems in place for that. An executive assistant in Texas might be doing something different than an executive assistant in Hawaii. And that is a problem. That cannot be the case. So we had to build something to fit our organization. We call it the titanium business systems. For you guys, if you only have one person, you need to start. Please start now. Don't wait until where I got. Because you end up sleeping on an air mattress for five days in Hawaii. And well, this it, has been a long process too, not just those five days. It's absolutely. A long process. But start building out a manual for employee one. What do you expect of that person? How is that person going to perform their job? So when that person moves on to another role where you have to fire that person and bring somebody else on, that person that comes in knows how to do their job. Also, build out a manual for what you do. Jason, there was a while you were doing everything, right? <laughs> Don't you have a bunch of VAs that work for you now? Yes, sir. So how do you train your VAs on how to do what you were doing? Right. That's what I'm talking about, building a manual. So when random VA number two stops doing their job and you fire them, how hard is it for you to replace them? Boom. Done. Systems. Systemization. It has to be done. You have to, don't wait until you're way down the path and you've got 70 people working for you because by God, it's not fun, okay? So learn from what Jason's done right there. Use Asana, build videos, build manuals, create your business to be turnkey without you, okay? Because for, at some point in time, you're gonna look back and you're gonna be like, I'm in the business and I need to get out of it. Start doing that today. All right, guys, the last thing is be grateful, okay? In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God. Have an attitude of gratitude, okay? Amen to that. Amen. Absolutely. So, guys, look around. Like, 
be so grateful for the opportunity that we have here today. Yes. I mean, that this room is full of extremely talented individuals. I mean, people here that I'm just amazed at the different things they've been able to do in a short amount of time. I remember going to lunch with Jason a couple years ago, and, and I don't mean this in any disrespect to Jason, but I mean, he literally, he asked me, he said, how much, how much do you make on a wholesale deal on average? And I said, $22,000. And he was literally blown away. He was like, no, no, you can't make that much wholesale on a deal. Now, I buy deals from Jason. I call Jason for advice all the time. I said, Jason, hey, I'm doing this thing over here. I don't know how to do it, but I saw you post on Facebook the other day on how to do it. How can I do it? Jason's teaching me. Be grateful for the opportunity to be in here today, guys, to be around this network of people. Mike is creating an opportunity to build a family together. You guys can grow together. There's some people in here that have employees. There's other people that don't. Start talking to each other on a regular basis on how you can grow your businesses together. Look at Jason and Greg. They're doing deals together. Greg, where are you living now? You went from like New York Cali. to like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cali. Look at that suntan, bro. Yeah, bro. That's <laughs> my neighbor. <laughs> but he's doing deals in DFW in my backyard with my pseudo competitor, Jason, and not me. Yeah, we put them together, man. I was When I found out you guys were doing deals, I was mad. But that's awesome. It's my they, fault. You know, mad at me. Yeah, yeah, mad at me. They looked at the opportunity and they worked together. Y'all could do the same things with other people in the room. Okay, be grateful of the opportunity we have here today. One thing that Cassie and I were talking about today before we came up here, just want y'all to know, I was pretty damn nervous this morning before his speech. This is probably the longest speech I've ever given in front of somebody. And Cassie was helping me out and she was talking about this post she saw on Facebook about entitlement and how entitlement can be a cancer to your life. Okay, this goes back to all the things that we're talking about where some of y'all can work extremely hard on a daily basis and you feel like things need to be changing in your career, changing in your business. Do not have a sense of entitlement, okay? Nobody's entitled to have a portfolio of 10 properties or 100 properties. You have to go out and create that opportunity for yourself. And you have to be grateful for the opportunities that you have in front of you. So earlier I talked about that song with T.D. Jakes and how impactful that song was for me. I'm telling you guys, I was sitting there, I was having like an outer body experience. I was like, dude, this song is speaking to me right now. I'm so pumped up. And there's a, there's a line in the song that says, do not sit here today and complain about the opportunities that are in front of you when someone's sitting in a hospital today that would do anything to have the opportunity you have in front of you today. Yes, sir. Okay? Y'all have had an amazing opportunity here the past two days. You've got two of the most amazing men in all of real estate investing that are following me up, and Gary and Trevor Mock. Literally, every time I hear them speak, I'm blown away. So you have even more opportunity after I get done rambling up here. Trevor. <laughs> And look around the room to each other, make opportunities, and treat this like a family atmosphere, okay? It's up to us to make Investor Fuel what it could be, right? 
Stinson, Hannah, Mike, they've given us the platform and the opportunity. I'm going to tell you right now, I've been in this room, and I've been in the room the following two days, okay? And there's one thing that separates this room from the other room, and it's the amount of community, family atmosphere, and the mindset, okay? So my challenge to you guys is be grateful for the opportunity and create that same atmosphere in this room. Work together, care for each other, open up opportunities for each other, and you're going to see some very special things happen in this room, okay? I came up with this one on my own. I think this is the only <laughs> one I came up with on my own. Best mentor I've had has been failure. So what I mean by that is, is I mean, guys, you listen to everything I talk about today. We've had some tremendous success, great experiences, but I attribute all of those victories back to the losses that we've had and over overcoming those. So for you, anybody in this room right now that might be experiencing a loss, don't look at it emotionally. Go back, logically look at it, and figure out what you could change about it to change your future. What can you learn about it? What systems can you implement? And how can you make your business better from it? Okay? All right. So be grateful for every experience. How long do I have? 20. 20 minutes. Okay. Be grateful for every experience that you have. I went to a small private school here in Fort Worth, Temple Christian School. I graduated with a class of 40. Okay, I went from I went to Temple Christian from fourth grade all the way until I graduated. My partner in Hawaii, I met him in fifth grade, I graduated high school with him. My partner in Alaska, I went to school with him at Temple. My partner in Alabama, I went to high school with. Every experience that you have can be an opportunity. I had no idea that when I was going to Temple Christian and I was running around with a little rug rat, picking on people, and those people would turn around and 15 years later, I'd be running a business across the country with them, trying to create generational wealth, passive income, changing our family dynamic. Today, there could be someone sitting in this room that could be your future partner in another market, just like Greg and Jason were a couple, what, six months ago? Yeah. Now they're doing business together, okay? So be grateful for every opportunity you have, if it's good, bad, or what. Another thing about Temple Christian is, is I have two private money lenders from Temple Christian that were my coaches. One was my football coach, one was my baseball coach. They now passively invest with us on different deals. And I had the opportunity to go back to Temple and teach a real estate investing course to the seniors. And I had some pretty, pretty awesome conversations with both of those coaches. And uh, both of them were football coaches. Um, one was the head coach and one was the assistant coach. And our sophomore year, my sophomore year, my junior year combined, we had zero wins. Okay, We had 24 losses. And my football coach looked at me and he said, you know why I have no problem giving you my money? He said, because in baseball, we won two state championships, our junior year and our senior year. He said, you did not act any different during football season when we didn't win a game to baseball season when you won a state championship. He said, you were always the same person. You always handled the responsibility the same way, and you attacked it with the same mindset. Even though you were winning over here and you were losing over here, you 
you treated it with the same respect. I, dude, I was in tears. I was like, man, I was a 17-year-old. I was just <laughs> mad that we were losing football games. But he saw something in me. So be grateful for every opportunity that you have. Embrace those experiences. You never know what's going to come from them. Okay? Last couple of things. I think we were just brainstorming when we got to numbers five and six here, Cassie. What did, what did we say? We got a, we got a couple things here. Stress is a choice and winning is a state of mind. That's pretty much all we got about those. You were supposed to throw those in earlier. You just wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. My gifts to y'all. Well... First and foremost, I gotta give you all my phone number, right? Um, I'm giving public speeches, I'm just gonna start adding that in there. So there's my phone number, anybody can call me. If you call me for a dumb reason though, I'm just letting y'all know, I will let y'all know it's dumb and I gotta go. That's my email. Free month of Titanium Digital Marketing. Promo code Investor Fuel. Okay, that's our program. Uh, and we teach y'all how to use Facebook ads, pay-per-click, retargeting to find motivated sellers you can sign up you can use that promo code i'm sorry if that's not allowed but i did it that's cool, man. but i did it <laughs> use that promo code and uh, y'all get a free month okay the other thing is i challenge y'all to get 5,000 facebook friends i challenge y'all to do the facebook posts it's seven minutes guys and even if you just laugh at me just listen to it once listen to that song rejoice by steve angelo featuring td jakes uh, I literally do it in the I'm, morning. It's the best time, bro. Listen up in the morning, crack that thing. It's gotta be loud though, okay? So when he when he preaches to you, I'm just saying, y'all will feel it, okay? Listen to it at least once. Hey, why don't you do this? Why don't you listen to it and take a picture of you listening to it and then tag me on Facebook? <laughs> it's all reciprocal. All right, guys. Make him so happy. That's it. Y'all have the mindset to be blessed. Y'all said yes at the beginning. I hope it was true. Does anybody have any questions for me before I finish up? Hey guys, first of all, let's give it up for our Yeah. That's an 80 minutes. We got a little time for some questions. Anybody have any questions? Non beard questions. Yes. Just stick with. Right. So real quick, the way we have it set up, guys, is we have Titanium Investments here in Texas. That was the original entity. When we've expanded to other markets like Hawaii, that's its own individual entity. So that's Titanium Investments of Hawaii, and that has different ownership. So that's me and Elijah. We're 50-50 partners on that entity. That's how we chose to do it. That's obviously someone's very close to me in my life. Um, I trust him to be that kind of a partner. I trust his work ethic. Now moving forward, when we have to go into other markets and we're bringing on people that I don't necessarily know as well, we're gonna do kind of a trial period for six months and then talk about equity split, but it's gonna be much smaller than 50-50. Um, but that also goes with proven track record, what we've been able to do in other markets and things like that. What's up? How many markets are you in right now? Uh, we're going to be nationwide by the end of 2019.
Um, like right. for real, not just on our name tags. Yeah. <laughs> um, How right. many markets are you in now, though? You're in a, you're a bunch. Uh, Probably close to 15. Wow. 15 different like, states. Not, states. Not, states. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so all this, all these different places that you're going in these market, these markets, you're not doing any marketing. So you, uh, I'm assuming you don't have a presence in each market already. How are you getting deals in all these new markets? So, a lot of it is kind of the people, the talent that we're bringing on. So in Alaska, that was a realtor who had been a realtor for many years. Flipped a house. He's shout out to EXP. Yeah. He's with EXP, so he has a little bit of, of connection there, and he just blasted out to his entire network, hey, we're buying rehab houses, we want you to bring us off-market hip-pocket listings. That inundated us immediately. Right. Same thing in Hawaii. Uh, we found a very good realtor there. Um, we've always used realtors as a great resource to bring us properties. Oh yeah, we we dropped uh, direct mail with Todd in Hawaii, and I mean it was absolutely insane. Bananas. But uh, each market, it, it does take a little bit to grow that organic kind of constant flow. But Facebook groups is a great one. You know, um, if there's not a great Facebook group in the market that you're in, create it, and then get people to join it and get the deal flows rolling through there. Connect with other wholesalers. I love buying deals from the wholesalers. Um, so like whenever we say like you have to understand like we have, we've done all of those things it's not like we don't ever drop mail like we, we it's not like we just jump into a market and all of a sudden you know we're doing you know 50 deals it, it's a process like for real process you know we will drop mail we will you know do cold calling we will do this we will do that but we very much from the beginning of our business we bootstrapped our way through everything it is our nature when we go into a new market to if, make sure that we have somebody that is there that is bringing that piece or also that is going to bootstrap it just like we did as we discover the market, if that makes sense. That it's a little different in every in every market that we're in though, really. Yeah. Anybody else? Got time for another question or two, anybody down here? They don't want to be dinner with us tonight? Yeah. Maybe I got I got to check. You got some companies around, I guess, huh? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> okay. That it, guys. Awesome, guys. Thank you, guys. Hold on. Nationwide, or are you doing everything up like those, like in Hawaii and Alaska? Like, that's like a so each market has its own individual kind of personality. Hawaii is rentals, flips, no wholesale, no wholesale. I was gonna say, Alaska, flips only. Alabama is going to be wholesale only. Uh, St. Louis is rentals only. Oklahoma's rentals only. Okay. Arizona's flips. Well, actually, Arizona's flips, wholesales, and wholesale. Okay. So, so you kind of cater to the market. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So do you guys do like extensive market research to determine like the strategies you're going to be using? Well, I mean, I could give you the sexy answer and kind of BS you and say yes, but no, not really, man. I mean, <laughs> uh, it, it's pretty simple. I mean, the answers are out there. I mean. You know, you go look at Hawaii and you go look at the Facebook groups and there's 29 members. You're like, I don't think there's a whole lot of people to wholesale to. But then you go look on days on market on rehab properties and they're selling in two days. You're like, 
if I can get this discounted, this is going to be a pretty good flip market. So you just start looking around. I mean, it, it doesn't take a whole like lot. The matrix, it sticks out to you. You know. What Plus, you also doing. like our our partner in Alabama has no knowledge of anything. I mean, she is just straight green as green can be. So we have to start with rehab or wholesaling. We can't go in and rehab a property. I, I would be in Alabama. I can't go to Alabama for one rehab. So we have to wholesale there. So there's also market research, but then also your personnel that you're going to have in the different markets as well. Right, absolutely. Thanks so much for listening to the Titanium Vault with your host, RJ Bates III. For more info and to stay up to date, visit www.podcast.thetitaniumvault.com and on facebook.com slash thetitaniumvault. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review, and we'll catch you next time on the Titanium Vault. Titanium Vault.